Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash podcast and let's get into the episode. We're going to expand our weekly video segment to take you into the back shelves of your local video Store. Back where it says horror videos and where kids are devouring some awful films that we call the video nasties. Are you freebasing? Inquiring minds want to know. I have to break free from this culture of mechanical reproductions and the thick incrustations dying on the surface. Stop the prime time, bitch. Hello, whorehounds, and welcome to the It Slays podcast. I'm your humble host, Rowan. It's Exilia. And this is the suitcase that got busted open in security in an airport, Mike. And we are back with another one, not just anyone, but our one-year anniversary. Yay! You can tell by that lackluster excitement (laughs) It is late and we are tired. Yeah, one year. Who would have thought we'd be here on this journey one year later and still going strong? We're probably going to, uh, you know, be here in 40 years. Who knows? I love your fucking optimism. (laughs) I love it. The the ambition to even be alive in 40 years is (laughs) to be commended. I figure by then, we'll, uh, technology will have improved where we can just basically beam our voices into people's heads and probably by force. So people will be forced to listen to us. I'm into it. I'm into it too. And then they'll listen to these episodes and just be like, what the hell am I listening to? I can't wait till our kids like randomly find this online and then like listen to them. <laughs> Listen to the April Fool's Day episode. That's right. The uncut version. I feel like it would be on BET late at night. Something you'd watch. Would it? I don't know. Isn't that when they play like... Showcase. I think they play like unedited music videos there. I guess we don't have enough like strippers or anything in our podcasts. What? (laughs) This tangent went far left quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. So... I have a couple questions for us for this one year party, shall we say, soiree. My God, if this is a party, well, this is a lame party. I know. I don't think any of us have a drink, so we didn't plan Target this over. Target to the party? Well. No, we didn't. But um, it is what it is. We'll we'll make do. We always do. That's right. We'll make up for it. Whatever you know, weird pick Mike picks. Oh no, I have a plan. It will be a belated one year soiree involving my pick, and we one hundred percent, all three of us, will be recording it wasted because it's. Probably the only way that we're going to be able to get through it. Oh, uh, now I'm just... And I mean that in a, in, a, in the best possible way. Like, it's it necessitates inebriation of 
any variety. Now I'm just really excited. Just like you guys, we'll find out at the end of the episode what it is that we're going to be watching. So, here's my first question of the uh, the evening. I want to know, you know, we've got, what, 22? How many episodes in the bag are we at now? Who knows? you got to be at least like 25 at with the bonus ones. Yeah, don't even get me started on how Yeah, we're not going to get exactly started <laughs> numbers off. on how angry the numbering makes her 20 something 20 something i want to know what's been your favorite thing to review so far what's your favorite review we've done you know what i was rinsing out bowls today and i i was like i bet that's gonna be ron's question i have many questions oh, okay this is one of the questions i love the specificity of rinsing out bowls <laughs> I, I was, honestly thought it was going somewhere with the bowls, and I was like, just, no, that's just what I was doing. Nope. Yep. <laughs> so, we'll start with Fixilia. What was my favorite thing? And it ha- doesn't have to be, like, something you rated high, just, like, what was a episode that is memorable for you or unmemorable because you can't remember it uh well if i can't remember i won't be saying it so (laughs) i am the quality control person so i do go back and listen to all the episodes um what was my most memorable i really enjoyed our lace crater episode that was a fond one i enjoyed doing that one i mean april fool's day i think we always go back to that i don't really remember recording that but it made for a interesting episode that was uh definitely i think i feel most people's most interesting one i think my all-time favorite one may have been my bloody valentine though it was a that was a very good one i i was thinking that myself actually yeah i like that i like that answer i i think that movie was was so fun when we watched it and it was yeah it was just Full of East Coast nostalgia for everybody. That one, that's a good pick. I like that one. How about you, Mike? Well, I kind of, I can't pick one particular one. And of course, they're like your babies, you know. Even when they have problems and you hate them, you still love them. Or at least you have to say that. You have to say that, exactly. (laughs) There's a couple that I'm not going to lie, I'm going to wash my hands of. But probably my three top favorite one is alien um partially because you know it's always fun talking about that movie and it was really nice to have you know our dear friend the brilliant author slash thinker mr bradley don on so that was nice it was nice that was i think our first episode uh having somebody else on um yes it was because that was before our beautiful patron cecily joined us so that that was one of my top three i just i really like the dynamic and um you know, he always has a lot of really interesting things to say about art and film. Um, and then my other two, of course, one of them is no surprise. Everybody who's ever listened to this knows that I absolutely loved our April Fool's Day episode. <laughs> um, it really shouldn't have even existed. I Who makes a podcast where everybody just gets hammered and like dissects this fucking cheesy ass comedy slasher movie from the late 80s for like three and a half hours but we did it and i i don't know i just it was fun you know i think it shows how good of a time we have like when we're all on our game so there's that and then my other favorite one is probably witchboard 2 yeah that was a fun one it was a fun episode to record um it's a fun movie to watch it's you know 
a cheese ball kind of like cult classic and just everything about it was fun and it's i just i have good memories of it and it makes me feel nice i like the, yeah i really like those picks i you guys are so insightful and thoughtful on these answers i just remember on april fool's day i don't know why i always just remember this one thing i said but i was talking about when the couple were walking back from the boat house place where the dead body was and i was like the ver- these virgin people and i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why i was like saying they're virgin <laughs> I just thought it was like a random thing for me to add in, but no love for the virgins. <laughs> and considering it's not about it, it that, was implied that everybody was fucking like animals, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I just like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah, that was that whole episode was very. Uh, there's many quotables. Oh, there's many quotables. There's lots of assumptions. There was lots of biases <laughs> coming out. Um, <laughs> tangents being explored. It was like. A episode long like psychotherapy session <laughs> yeah. but like an unintentional one that just it's like a digging and digging there's also a lot of talk about doilies yes and you guys um it got edited out but apparently i just completely passed out in my chair and fell on the floor <laughs> and rowan the whole week was like i fucking have to edit this whole thing <laughs> he was pissed <laughs> If only I knew how good... I remember when I, it was done, though. I was like, what a good episode, but... And then Rowan basically told me it was a good episode at my cost. <laughs> the editing was like, process was, geez, not fun. I like those picks. I, uh... For my picks, I also really enjoyed uh, the alien one. Simply because, as I, you know, I've always talked about in the podcast, like, the, that whole franchise is so important to me as a movie and horror lover. I remember how excited I was that like Exilia really liked it and I you know I don't think I'd ever until that moment kind of shared Alien with her and I just remember how much she liked it and like Mike already said we had Brad on it was our first guest we loved having Brad I'm sure we'll see him again in the new year and you know we'll see some more guests because it's always fun to uh, ruin people's days by throwing them into our shenanigans. Witchboard 2 is definitely up there for me as well. Uh, I just remember, I don't think I was prepared for how like schlocky it was, but yet amazing. I think that was the first one that I watched that I kind of like, I almost half watched Exilia while we watched it. Cause I was like this, this kind of movie may make Exilia leave this podcast. <laughs> but that's what was so good about it. Right? Like, it's- yeah. Well, it, but then it was like, I remember when we finished in Exilia, like we had a really fun time watching it. Like we were like, this is fun. I was like, Exilia come to the dark side. You don't need Art house horror. Join the schlock brigade, please. The schlock brigade. And then I... I'll pick something a little different. I also really enjoyed... Even though we were very tired. I remember when we did it. Because we had recorded two episodes in the night. I really enjoyed our Evil Dead episode. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons isn't just the recording. But, I mean, that was... We got to celebrate Patreon and... That was our our first Patreon pick, and you know we we've got 
a couple we've got one coming up soon and you know it's always fun to know that people are enjoying what they're hearing and get to review what they want to hear us review i really wish we weren't so tired for that one probably mostly because it was a patreon (laughs) a patreon one and i feel like yeah like we were really tired at that point we'd been recording like yeah we were doing a lot we we were recording a lot we didn't really have our we didn't really have our schedules down like we do now and I think we had been recording like sev- like several times within that two week period. Yeah, well, we were like when we first started. And, you know, this I guess is kind of like a sneak peek into the behind the scenes. Like I know when we first started, we basically were recording every, every at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, sometimes yeah. twice a week because we were basically trying to do bonus episodes every month, and we were we were essentially releasing three out of four weeks a month. Yeah, yeah it just. Got too hectic and we're yeah and there was a time more of a time difference for us then too so it was a bit harder Um, yeah and we're even when it was getting late for you guys i was already over the edge yeah yeah yeah. my like we we knew if we kept going like mike would be on the news and he would have like murdered innocent families and stuff it's like dr jekyll and mr hyde yes and then five years from now they'd make a movie out of it and you'd be talking about it on the podcast with somebody who wasn't in jail (laughs) (laughs) Going, remember when that asshole used to be on this program? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, that so those are my picks. Can I add another thing you, I found really fun? It, it's not about the movie, but I just remember in the summertime, the summer passed when we were living in Toronto and we had to record. It was like loud outside, so we had to close every window and door, and it was like legitimately sixty degrees in our apartment with the humidity. Oh, I remember you guys literally <laughs> sweating, like dripping down your face. Um, I felt so bad for you, and then I was there with a sweater on because it was yeah, like five degrees. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I've got my cardigan on and some pants. Like, it's it's fine here. Watching you over Skype, it made me even hotter. And so that's, like, something I'll, like, always kind of, like, I guess... It wasn't fun at the time. It was incredibly uncomfortable. But I'll look back on and be like, yeah, Yeah, it's hot. (laughs) I totally forgot about how hot that was till you just brought it up. Now the memories are coming back in hot flashes. Toronto summers are not fun. Yeah, because, you know, in, like... Anyone that's listening that doesn't, like, really know the recording process, like, when we record, like, everything needs to be quiet, and we had an air conditioner because it was so hot, and you had to shut it off. have that on. You had to shut it off. You couldn't have a fan on. The windows and doors were all closed. Our neighborhood was way too loud, so yeah, you everything had to be shut, and it was just, like, a sauna. And we had floor-to-ceiling windows, and it was just, like, it was like a greenhouse. And it was already, like, basically almost 50 degrees with the fair, like, with um, the humidity just outside. So, my part two, and we've kind of somewhat answered some of this, but we talked about some of our favorite episodes. I want to talk about some of, like, our favorite moments while recording. And, and, you know, good or bad, memorable things. 
I think I can speak for everyone. I mean, the, I know the top of my list, as we said, it's always the infamous April Fool's Day of Exilia just going on about doilies and... Well, like, they don't know, they don't know how it got to that point, <laughs> I guess is... I, like, really don't drink ever. And my f- all-time favorite drink, Mike and Rowan will attest to this, is a Caesar. Absolutely. Like, I, lo- I love I And she Caesars. makes an amazing Caesar. I have the recipe for it forever saved on my phone from one of your last weekends here before you move yes it's delicious and i'm like i have high blood pressure a spicy one too it is i do not drink a a caesar unless it's super spicy (laughs) unless you're gonna like have the shits for the next two days it's not worth drinking exactly My body's immune to that now. Yeah. I don't, uh, it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I have high blood pressure, so I, I don't really drink Caesars very often because they're uh, literally nothing but sodium. <laughs> but um, this evening I was just like, yeah, I'm going to have a Caesar. And so I like poured one and I'm sitting down and Rowan's like, you, you know, you have to like finish that before we record because I'm not editing it out. And so, oh, damn. So then I... It somehow turned into me like chugging three double Caesars within like 15 minutes before we started recording. And then it all just went (laughs) downhill from there. Very downhill. Very downhill. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to say that was uphill because it was a it was a beautiful height in that month for me. All I remember, because it's been a while since I've listened to that episode, is... I remember what was the whole thing about like the triad? Because you, I was like going off and you're like, stop going on a triad. And I'm like, I'm in a triad now. <laughs> he, he, he meant tirade. Yeah. <laughs> triad. I think you might you have. You had I most of the letters there. So God yeah. love you. <laughs> if you. If you've listened to that episode recently and you're like, I remember hearing that. There's a good chance I may have edited it I out. think you edited it. But that was really uh, kind of. At the uh, beginning of listeners realizing that Rowan murders not just names, but sayings and really anything that has to do with the English language. My favorite thing, too, is when I'm saying something that Rowan doesn't like, like, or if I'm doing something he doesn't like, we sit across from each other at a little table and he, the look he gives me, I, it, like... (laughs) You guys, I wish you guys could like see everything going on behind the <laughs> behind the recording. It's a very very dirty look. It's a super dirty look. I do have lots of screenshots of our skypes though, so maybe one day I'll release them. You do. Oh, They're all super embarrassing. embarrassing. Yeah, really. That would be a great one. I have a lot of favorite moments, but honestly, I feel like one of them. It's more like a favorite recurring moment is our constant. Uh, cycle through ideas for side podcasts because <laughs> we can't we can't contain our passions to this one we really can't it's true i feel like maybe sometime what we're gonna have to do is like on the facebook or instagram is we're gonna make like mock ads for side podcasts that we've made i think we should do like side mini pod like we have really podcasts. talked about uh because i'm not you know uh Not shameless plugging here, but a reason that it's definitely worth starting this year signing up for Patreon is not just because you can pick a movie, but we're talking, you're going to get 
bonus episodes on Patreon this year. I, we have talked pretty heavily about making them some of the side casts. So I feel like you're definitely probably going to get an OC episode. So if you like the OC, if you like cults, if you like architecture, architecture my god, I, I would have to go through every podcast episode and and listen to what all we've talked about. Yeah, you will... Uh... You'll get all my god. Things. They're they're all ripe for like ripe for the picking. Yeah, they'd be sick. Like sick. It's they'd be our minds. Awesome podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I did want to bring up that a moment I love, like Mike, that is reoccurring is uh, Mike's. He's nothing but thorough, making sure that our listeners in the world know that I mispronounce everyone's name. <laughs> never just letting it slide. I'm never going to let it slide. I am not. Uh, I enjoy uh, the embarrassment uh, fully. That sounds sarcastic, but I enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. Um, every episode, I kind of, if I'm watching the movie or thinking about it or making notes, I always wonder what it is that you are going to completely desecrate <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> Whose it's name true. is it going to be? What place name? Uh, it's it's always, you know, I mean, it's usually an actor's name, but you like to throw curveballs at us every now and then, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to butchering someone's name in this episode. I have another. It's like podcast related. Yeah. Uh, when we were living in Toronto and we crossed the border into Detroit, well, the first time we crossed the border, it wasn't quite into Detroit, but into Michigan. And basically, we're <laughs> the uh, border agent wasn't overly happy, A, that we were going for one day at a time, and B, because Rowan told him we we're fucking going for a podcast. <laughs> and then he was like, not impressed. And he was like, what kind of podcast? <laughs> And then you told him, and he's like, can you, like, actually go to these, like, sets? Because, like, that's when we're going to the It Follows yes, uh, yes. locations. And he was, like, really questioning if he wanted to let us into the country. He's like, I don't want these hooligans in here. That was literally a trip of nothing but, like, just horrible experiences at the border. It was our own horror movie. It was. Seeing the place that were, like, the locations were was cool. And Clark's Ice Cream, my god. If anybody ever goes to Detroit, go to Clark's Ice Cream. You will not be disappointed. This is very true. Delicious ice cream. They do a blueberry muffin. All their ice cream's homemade, Mike. And the it, where they worked it in follow it's all friggin' homemade and like oh, they should really we went there two nights in a row <laughs> they should really just sponsor us <laughs> i wish and yeah one was a blue homemade blueberry muffin ice cream and it was like ridiculous yeah <laughs> sidecast number 24 will just be exilia talking about flavors of ice cream no sidecast 24 me talking about food places in movies <laughs> <laughs> that you can actually frequent in real life. <laughs> exactly. I like that one. I really like that one. So another thing I thought we'd talk about in this celebration is looking to the future. I want to know what are you know what are some of your your hopes and dreams? Is there is there any like films that we didn't get to that you hope we get to in the future or you know just what where do you see this in another year in another year i see colton having received his thank you card insert looks of judgment <laughs> at exilia why does this fall on me <laughs> 
you're the goddamn artist. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ask other people that got their cars. I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> you can't rush art, man. You can't it's rush true. art. It's true. I gotta, like, wait for the feeling to be right. Just like fart, you can't rush art, because you <laughs> might shart. <laughs> My god. In terms of movies, I mean, there's lots that I want to review, but that's gonna be a secret. Oh. For the upcoming year. Well, I will say, I want to do, I love when we do our Stone Cold Iconic Classics, obviously, because there's so much to talk about, and some of them most of us are fairly familiar with, so, you know, we can kind of speak a little bit more at length. But I can't wait to do more random off-the-wall picks. That's all I'm going to say for the next year. That's kind of my goal, and I will be starting it um, with my next pick, just throwing that out there. I think we, like, each have our own personality in terms of, like, the movies we pick. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I like, you can go that. down through it's the really... list and say which ones are, say, for example, X picks. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> or Rowan. Like, it's interesting. Yeah. I, you All you really have to do is, like, if you're looking at the list of stuff we've done, think if you look at the movies and you're like, oh, that one, like... The only thing I really know about that one is it's like kind of seems pretentious and high end. It's definitely Exilia. Did you see my eyes literally rolled so far back in my head that it drug my head backwards on that one? (laughs) I mean, Exilia, what have you picked? You've picked It Follows. Okay. uh, The Invitation. The Invitation was on Netflix. Lace Crater. Okay, Lace Crater's a fucking awesome movie. We're not, we're not judging your um movie picks i think it's more like the aesthetic of it i think it's like all our similar aesthetic i think yes. and i i definitely agree with that very i think we as mike said we definitely have this like uh very unique aesthetic i actually was talking to someone about the podcast in real life a couple weeks ago and i explained to them about how you could tell who picked what movie without listening and I was like, Exilia usually picks movies that are like, we're going to rate high. And they're like, very well done. Mike usually picks movies that we rate very well that have budgets of And then I was was like, I'm not ashamed to say, like, I always just pick, like, mediocre films that I know are going to get, like, the bad ratings. You pick, like, you pick pretty, like, mediocre films, or you pick, like, the big, like, the iconic The iconics. Not the high art ones, the iconics. I mean, they're all have they're their all own art. place. Another episode that I actually really enjoyed doing was Candyman. <gasps> oh my god, me too. I loved it. I really liked that episode. And I liked, I, I mean, I love that movie. So, But I think also that was kind of like the peak of our, all three of our like interest, which sometimes doesn't come across in the episodes because we're so stuck on talking about how much we loved the fucking cut glass in a lamp on the floor <laughs> in one of these movies or about the fucking 90s high-waisted pocketless mom jeans and fringed haircuts but like that sort of um was a really good example of us being into like horror films and aesthetic but also like our interest which again doesn't always come out with some of the movies in like kind of like social issues and um like academia and things like that that had its place more in that movie than i think in a lot of other ones no i mean listen we can like incorporate academic 
discussions if we want to into like slumber party massacre Anything, but yeah. oh you yeah. know that that one was just it was so ripe and where you guys had visited recently you know it was just to me that was a nice kind of illustration of our interest in that side of like art criticism and i think at that point in time like we were living we were living in jane and finch in toronto so like our neighborhood was like the reputation was similar so i think like that made it like that was very much a part of my like our me and rowan's everyday life is like living in a neighborhood that has like a really bad reputation and blah 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 which like by the way um i mean i never felt unsafe there ever yeah so yeah i love that and i i I think that might be a goal for the future i really like talking about like the sociological aspects of things i think i've like kind of gotten out of that in terms of like i'm still doing my master's but i'm almost done and i'm (laughs) just like frig i have like you know i've like kind of moved away from like being so ingrained in academia because in toronto that's like what i was doing there but no i think for the future i'd like to like get more back into that yeah i and i was gonna say too um in the future i also had said like you know i i'd love to deep dive on on some of the films a little more sociologically we go in and out of that i think we do a good mix of that one thing i did want to bring up that i always hope for the future is i want to continue to uh you know do our part because you know we can admit life gets busy sometimes we forget but to like interact with you guys more and you know talk ask questions on Instagram and Facebook because when we do do that people respond yeah. and I think one of our big things was since we moved back home in August like things have been really hectic and stressful like really stressful so I think we've kind of yeah let that slide a little bit but I think like we should definitely yeah make that more of a priority. getting getting back into it and like we said before the future will bring more content more different things we're always thinking of ways that we can do stuff with the podcast it isn't necessarily just always you know stuff other than just episodes and all that fun stuff and hopefully I feel this is going to be the year that we're going to see maybe like some t-shirts maybe some giveaways I think it'll be a very good year for us in the future but we did want to talk about some questions uh that you guys asked uh we posed the question uh, a couple times uh and we I think we had three people respond which is three more people than I would expect (laughs) I would probably ignore myself and you know what if If you're thinking to yourself, man, I had a question, I should ask them. You can always ask us anyway, and we'll bring it up on an episode. Or just wait till the two-year one. Or wait till that 40-year anniversary. 40th anniversary. We'll have Mike in a chair. It'll kind of be like the uh, like the grandfather from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I'm going to be completely dried out. We just like drop blood in his mouth and stuff. And it looks like I'm dead, but then all of a sudden like my tongue will start wagging and... You're like, oh, he's not actually dead. This is disgusting. I preferred him when he was a corpse. (laughs) I like that. That's like a good uh, slogan for a sidecast. I preferred when he was a corpse. (laughs) All right. So uh, we'll start with probably what I felt was the most uh, pressing question we got from uh, one big, big dog, Tim. <laughs> I knew this in was Newfoundland. Be uh, he needed to know immediately 
His question was, DMX or Ja Rule, whose side are you on? I mean, I'm a Ja Rule man, so... I love this. This is the most pressing question I've been asked, uh, you know, recently. And I find it also one of the more hard ones to answer. Oh. I'll answer it, Ja Rule. I mean... Baby, put it on me. Jeez. I've always had a soft spot for DMX. A, DMX, Exilia X. But also... Uh, like every single school, every single school dance growing up, they played Rough Riders Anthem. That was a fucking jam. But then, yeah, like Ja Rule is like a huge part of my upbringing. But then like Firefest, come on guys. Yeah. I don't know. I I think they're both (laughs) even for me. As As I'm older now, I like really reflect on what kind of school I went to that like grade six dances was like. (laughs) <laughs> Rough Riders anthem at least three times a night. Tim, I hope we've answered your question. I think Ja Rule beats it out a two to one. I'm half on half, so it's two and a and half. And you know what? No, let's do this properly. Ja Rule. Would we give him a nay, <laughs> oh my God. okay, yay, or slay? I feel like it's slay all day for Ja. Up until 2010, it's a, it's like definitely a slay. And then after, it's a nay. <laughs> what about DMX? I mean, probably about the same, really. By a narrow margin. By yeah. a narrow margin. <laughs> uh, our next question came in from the ever-wonderful Jennifer Stansberry. We always appreciate a fellow patron. We stand. Or we Stansberry. Stansberry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're awful. Uh, these like podcast that does not reflect the views or bad <laughs> puns of Exilia Frazier. Oh my god. Uh, so she wanted to know, what is one movie, horror or not, that you are too embarrassed to admit you like? Oh, Jennifer, have you not listened to us enough to know we have no shame? <laughs> no shame whatsoever. No shame. Um. Well, I'll say one that I've openly admitted. I mean, all of my close friends know that this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Maybe, like, randoms out there don't. And you know what? I'm just gonna, like, come out of the film closet and say it. Girls just want to have fun with Sarah Jessica Parker, Shannon Doherty, and Helen Hunt. I've never heard of that. It is literally probably one of my top three or four most watched movies of all time ever since I was a youngster. I saw it like on TV at like my cousin's house when I was like seven. It's just this dance movie from like the ungodly like depths of the 80s. It was like 86 or something. It's like Sarah Jessica Parker's family is, you know, moves to actually, I think it was Chicago. Hilariously, it was Chicago. Her dad's like a military guy and he's very strict and she's not allowed to date or go out and do anything. And she goes to Catholic school but she meets Helen Hunt and she loves to dance and Helen Hunt's this like free spirit so they become obsessed with or they are obsessed with this like dance program and they're obsessed with getting on the dance program as like featured dancers so I guess it was kind of like you know the typical 80s like like Soul Train you know all those kind of shows where they just like play music and dance along to it but oh my god it was so cornball it's the most 80s girly sleepover movie that ever existed. The soundtrack is spectacular. I'm obsessed with it. I always have been. I always will be. I've seen it 800 times and I don't care who knows it and I will openly admit it. Yep, girls just want to have fun. And you know what? They don't even use the Cyndi Lauper version of that song in it. 
Because it was oh so it was so low budget, they couldn't even get the actual version. So it was like a shitty fucking <laughs> not oh, endorsed man. by Cindy Lauper. Might as well have said under the title of that movie. So that's it. That Jen. That's my answer. How about you, Exilia? I really can't think of a movie. What was it that we're ashamed of? It's like our like guilty pleasure. Your guilty pleasure something embarrassed to admit you would like. So I really can't think of a movie like that. But um, Rowan recently outed me as a teen mom slash 16 and pregnant fan (laughs) i also like um i know somebody else that watched this teen i mean uh the real world oh god the real world no i that was like delicious i yes fucking giant wooden spoon i like i don't even know if it's on anymore but like i loved the real world man when i was like 20 jersey shore and then they brought back jersey shore like two years ago and like not gonna lie i watched the whole season (laughs) i'm just like they're like the trashiest of trashy shows and i think it's because there's like this continuation on like i was super trashy when i was 20 and so like i already know the background of everything and then like I mean, why? You know, it's like nostalgic. And it's like, it's mindless. Yeah, well, that's true. And, and like we said- I think I will make my kids watch Teen Mom <laughs> or 16 and Pregnant, because man, Dear Lord. it makes you not want to be a Teen Mom. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. <laughs> Dear, that will be the quote of this episode. Dear Lord. Yeah, geez, it's hard. Because like we said, I love that question. Rowan likes Teen Mom too. I don't like Teen Mom. He does. I He'll just... be like, can you turn it so I can well, see it? Well, if it's on, it? I might yeah, as well yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah, so okay. I'm hearing it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, this is. And he's like, oh, what happened with this person? <laughs> Off of this subject. Uh, well, on this subject, but off the team. <laughs> Has he um, seen Farrah's porn? I don't know. Have you seen no, Farrah's porn? No, I haven't. With James Dean? Yes. God, remember James Have Dean? You? Where did he go? No, I didn't. Even James Dean was not enough to make me watch this. Wasn't he also in that movie that Lindsay Lohan was in? The Canyons movie? Yes, the Paul Schrader movie. Yes, he was. Yeah. Wasn't he, like, accused of, like, and sexual And didn't Brett Easton Ellis write it? <laughs> okay, I saw a book uh, today, yesterday, at Kohl's by Brett Easton Ellis, and it's Brett. like, Brett Easton Ellis in the um, community culture section. And it was called White? Yep. Yeah. Brett, it turns out that he, in my personal opinion, this does not reflect the podcast or any anybody associated with me. When I was younger, two of my favorite books were written by him, American Psycho and... American Psycho. Yep. And um, The Rules of Attraction. I still love both of those books. Um, and I just thought he was great and... Um, underrated, but now the last nine or eight years, I think he's kind of gone off the deep end and he's a bit of a whack job and kind of like right wing. So I, I just, I don't have time for him anymore. I will still say like, I still have both of those books on my shelf and I love them, but uh, I'm, I'm done with him. (laughs) That's definitely going to be the, uh, the quote for this episode is jeer Lord. It's breasty Alice. Breasty Sinellis. I can't even get a name when I'm making a joke right. It's just, it's like my kryptonite is people's names. Everybody always, my whole family would make fun of Rowan because like Rowan couldn't pronounce my name until we were married for like five years. It's true. Sometimes I still don't say it. Oh my God. Did you stumble over it while you were reciting your vows at your wedding? No, he called me Exilia. Exilia. My name's Exilia. (laughs) 
<laughs> Minor details. You know why? You just solved that by saying X. Yeah. Okay, what's your... What's your yeah, name? we're really going off topic here. Yeah, like I said, it, I love the question, but I don't because I feel like you shouldn't be ashamed. Jennifer, your question... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's hard to answer because I'm never ashamed of anything. So I've got a couple mentions. I, I've got one horror mention and I'll say two that aren't horror. So my horror mention is, and I don't think it's really a hot take. And I think a lot of people would be like, oh, you shouldn't really be embarrassed of it. But I really enjoy the uh, the Purge spinoffs, like the, especially like the Anarchy one. I really enjoyed that one. It's absolutely terrible it's not really a horror movie it's basically like you're watching netflix the punisher but i just i enjoyed that movie i feel like as someone that likes horror you probably shouldn't like that movie because it's just like to me the especially the first purge i think is a fantastic i'm sure we'll review it sometime like i think it, it was unique when it came out like it was very well done but i mean the purge is like the definition of just like it's like saw it's just like money grab it's true every time they make one of these movies like there's no real intricacy uh i think the only time they tried to make it very intricate in terms of like messaging and stuff was the last one that came out and the one we saw in the theater yeah and it didn't work very well they were too busy making like a hollywood film uh so i would say that's probably my, on my horror list of like i don't like to admit i like the spinoffs but same reason you watch anyone watches like fast and the furious that's what i was trying to think of it's just great like mind numbing like i don't have to think about it just watching people like get mowed down by a machine gun essentially two that i i am proud but probably embarrassed to admit i like um one i, I mean everyone knows this in the podcast i'm a huge like comic book nerd as well i really enjoy the chris evans fantastic four the that uh, original movie that no one in the world liked. I thought that was super campy and I really enjoy it. Number one most embarrassing movie I guess. Exile will attest to my love. Uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. That's Rowan's favorite movie. I probably like that movie more than I like any movie on the face of the planet. It's not even a bad movie. It's not it, a bad it's a movie. movie. So the last question was by our good horror Patreon uh, subscriber Colton and he wanted to know what's the podcast thoughts on Parasite have you seen it I now am in possession of it but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet because I've been working a lot and then I had a couple rough nights but I it's obviously my number one movie to watch next so I don't know about you X I I don't mind commenting like no spoilers yeah. just I thought it was going to be more horror-y. It, like, definitely wasn't a bad movie. I'm starting to get, like, more into the subtitle thing. And actually, I saw this little thing from the guy. And it was, like, if you get past the barrier of reading, like, the couple little words at the end, at the bottom of the screen, like, you'll be exposed to so many, like, great movies. And I think you talked last last episode, like, what are your kind of goals for the new year? I think, like, I want to start watching more, like, like foreign films, like, subtitled films. And foreign horror is usually always, yeah, like, better. very Oh, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. We're all class, really. It, like I said, it wasn't bad. It like, I don't think for me personally, it like lived up to the hype. 
Yeah, I was going to say, my thoughts on it without, like, spoiling it for Mike or anything like that was... the o- My only re- my only real exposure other than seeing the trailer was I saw every horror podcast or any horror websites I go to, it was on the top, like, number one on lists everywhere. Yeah. I went in, th- I, like, I didn't know that it, it's more like a thriller. It's not really a horror movie. You know, Mike's not, Mike is not stupid enough to say, we've learned in the podcast, Rowan sets up unrealistic expectations. Yeah. So I just kind of was caught off guard. I I thought it was good. I thought it was a good movie. Um, whether or not I think it's as crazy as everyone else thought, I don't. We'll wait and see. I guess. Well, I guess that's the thing about like this is a minor cultural phenomenon. Or before you know, last week it was minor. Now it's much more major. But like with kind of like phenomena like that, that is a danger of um being kind of like overexposed to it before you actually get a chance to watch it or listen to it or whatever so that that you're always like kind of running a risk of um going in with heightened uh bars and expectations and yeah yeah i had seen the tra- we were watching we were at the theater and i can't remember what movie we saw but i had seen we had seen the trailer for parasite and i was like oh like you know that really piqued my interest i thought it was like what's going on here this looks really interesting i mean it's huge that i won an oscar i think that's awesome and opens like a lot of doors and i think it opens i think it really like might open people up to like exploring yeah like different movies and i think that's never a bad thing i think that sums up my thoughts on it the actors were good like we'll make sure next episode after mike's seen it colton then we'll, like, we'll comment yeah. further yes exactly we'll comment further uh so i mean we are celebrating the one year of the podcast but we are here for a job too. We don't get paid very well, but we do have a job to do. <laughs> this was Exilia's pick. Yep. What movie was it, Exilia? The Guest. 2014's The Guest. Or also Adam Wingard's The Guest. A question that I'm trying to make sure I ask, because I like when we talk about it, and then I for I kind of fell off of it. I want to start with you, Exilia. I want everyone to talk about their first experiences with the movie like have you seen it before uh maybe you could talk about why you picked it um yeah i have seen it before one time i can't remember when it was like a year or two ago probably i picked it because i feel like it falls in line with my (laughs) my aesthetic that generally i pick i guess really i picked it because the soundtrack's awesome. It's an honest answer. Yeah, like, and I just, I remember when I watched it the first time, I really enjoyed it. You had showed it to me and I didn't think that I was gonna, I don't know, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't, I had never heard of it before. I really liked it the first time I watched it and um, yeah. I had to pick a movie, so. There you yeah. go. How about you, Mike? Had you, had you heard about this? Is this your first time seeing it? Um, I hadn't actually seen it before. I was familiar with it. Um, I'd seen the trailer I'd seen the poster numerous times actually at work we used to have a TV um, that had an Apple TV hooked up to it and it would just cycle through um, when nobody was using it uh, like movie posters and stuff of well it was supposed to be recent movies but it was kind of scary it's, it had like <laughs> at least two or three years worth of movies like that were you know come and gone um, and one of them that did cycle through a few times and this was years ago now was um, was The Guest and of course um, I adore your next, you know, one of Adam Wingard's other movies. So 
I think this was maybe the one he did after that. So I was very psyched to see it, but for some reason, like yeah, I don't I think so. I don't think I got it in the theaters here. And then um, it just sort of a lot of stuff came out and it kind of you know fell off my radar for a while. So this was um, a good opportunity for me to actually catch up and watch it, which I'd been meaning to do for years. I'm trying to think. So obviously, my first experience with it was with Exilia, uh, and I can't really remember what drew. I feel like the, was it on Netflix? It was on Netflix. I feel like it was kind of the cover. I mean, you know, I we've talked about like I love great covers and, and you know posters, and I, I remember seeing it and it kind of had my aesthetic because it had you know that as I always talk about you know my Mark Renf look like the neon and and then I knew it was the uh, it was an Adam Wingard and I I knew. He did your next and Pop Skull and yeah and I so I was just kind of I think we just kind of watched it on like we need something to watch like let's try this out uh so yeah and then Exilia picked it and here we are here we are what do you say we get to the trailer and the bio and then we can get in because I know I definitely have a pressing question to. <laughs> bring up the minute we get into this so uh let's get in the trailer and uh we'll come right back can i help you mrs peterson yes my name is david mrs peterson i uh i knew your son caleb i was with him when he died that's me. You know Caleb? Yes, ma'am. We're pretty close. <laughs> yes, ma'am. He wanted me to tell you that he loved you. Thanks. He asked me to check on y'all. And so, we're gonna be good friends. with some guys at school. I'll teach him some self-defense when he's feeling up to it. Well, what are you gonna do? Nothing bad. <laughs> For the damages. Never let anyone pick on you. Here, you keep it. Ms. Peterson, are you sure you're comfortable with me staying here? I think it could be a good thing for us. You know, I promised Caleb I would do anything I could to help your family. But I'm afraid I haven't been fully honest with you. I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't been here. Really, Mrs. Peterson, it's no problem. All right, so the IMDb bio for the guests is a soldier introduces himself to the Peterson family, claiming to be a friend of their son who died in action. After the young man is welcomed into their home, a series of accidental deaths seems to be connected to his presence. I mean, they weren't really accidental, but he killed them. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> if you've gotten this far into, like, the hour into this episode. Yeah, this isn't just about an innocent guest that shows up. No. 
So, as we uh, said before, you know, we like to bring up, not it's not a huge who's who cast, but the movie is directed by Adam Wingard, and if you are a horror fiend, a horror hound, I mean, his name is kind of synonymous, I think, with new big directors. I mean, what would you say? Like, I would say Your Next is probably what he's most well-known for. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Other things he's done is Pop Skull, which... Uh, was actually the first thing I'd ever seen. I really love that movie. Uh, I highly suggest if you haven't seen it to go see it. It's considered one of the film, like one of the first uh, mumblecore horror films. And uh, I feel like it's a good time with what we were talking about Exilia's aesthetic because Exilia loves this mumble. I core do. genre. And I never even knew that was a thing until we did Lace Clip Crater, but it is true. I really like stuff like that. And then you you read about it and you're like, oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it it does have that connection. It was written by uh, Simon Barrett, and Simon Barrett uh, wrote Lace Crater. I think, is that how it goes? I'm like doing this on the fly. Uh, sorry. No, he didn't. He wrote Your Next with Adam Wingard. He also wrote VHS and VHS 2. And like, he's done a bunch of, like, he did suffer the ABCs of death. He co-wrote the Blair Witch remake, which Adam Wingard directed. I haven't seen that yet. Neither. But they are all friends. If you go back to the Lace Crater episode with the guy that directed and was in Lace Crater, he's also an actor in your next. These guys are all connected. They're all friends. It's a movement. It's a movement. Uh, I think the only other notable things from Wingard... I mean, there's lots of notable things, but uh, he did the Death Note movie on Netflix from the uh, manga book. Uh, he directed three episodes of Outcast for AMC, which I haven't finished that show, but... Uh, I highly suggest, like, what I've seen of it, I really like it. Same guy mate, wrote that comic that did uh, The Walking Dead, Kirkman, but it's, like, demon possession. Uh, it's amazing. And kind of the blockbuster thing is the newest the Godzilla vs. Kong movie that's coming out is actually going to be directed by Adam Wingard. Which I think is very interesting, as a side tangent, that... These newer Godzilla films have been really tapping the horror community. Uh, obviously, like I said, Adam Wingard is like a huge, you know, horror director right now. And the one that just came out is directed by, uh, what's his name? Michael Dowtry, I think is his name. It's the guy that directed Trick or Treat. Okay. He was the one that directed the newest one that came out last year. So interesting, they're just tapping, like, these kind of, like, really good horror directors to direct these Godzilla films. Uh, in the cast, I figure there's only really two to mention. Um, the guest, our, our main character, is played by Dan Stevens. I was not familiar with Dan Stevens. Uh, were you, Mike, or any of you? Nope. No, I know I've seen him in things, but it's nothing that jumps out at me, um, which could could be because I haven't seen much that he's actually in, or it could be because 
he's a dude and I don't give a shit about most male actors. <laughs> Apparently he's in like Downton Abbey or something. Oh yes, because he is British, isn't he? I, I guess. I don't know. I think he is. I would assume he is. Um, but so he plays David in this movie. But yeah, his claim to fame is he's from uh, Downton Abbey, which I've never seen. This makes me love Adam Wingard even more. I love horror directors that just pick people from things so removed from horror or anything that has to do with this kind of movie. Like, you wouldn't think a guy from Downtown Abbey's like... Downtown Abbey. Here we go, this is it. Like, this is what I've been waiting all episode for. Downtown Abbey. I was literally gonna, like, insert the fact that last night he was like, oh, this guy's from Downtown Abbey. I was like, you mean Downtown Abbey? (laughs) I feel like that would be like, uh... That'd be like the Amer- an American remake of that, like Downtown, <laughs> Downtown Abbey. Abbey. Oh. It sounds like it'd be a book about uh, a sex worker or something. Downtown Abbey. <laughs> Downtown Alley. <laughs> anyway, I I love when movies do that. I love when you take someone that like you know most people that like this guy or he's probably I'm sure he's like the romantic interest or something in that he's, yeah, series. Probably. And, you know, it's like, oh, I love that guy. We should watch this movie. And then, you know, he's like slitting throats. And I can kind of like envision him. I've never seen Downton, Downton Avenue, but I can kind of envision him in like the old out- outfits and stuff like that. Being like, like, I'll yes, with him. his hair slicked back. And- yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, the other two things I thought were interesting to mention is. He's the uh, lead actor in the Legion TV show. I have not watched that Ooh, yet. Yeah, that's been on my list forever, too. And everyone I know is like, you and Exilia would love this. It's like super trippy. It's like this amazing, like, you know, uh, amazing soundtrack. It's X-Men and, tangential. Yeah, New Mut- like New Mutants connection. And he also played the Beast in The Prince in the Beauty and the Beast re- uh, live action. Oh, with Emma Watson? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, you know, I guess he uh, he went on to get that Disney money, so good for him. Uh, and then, of course, the other notable actress, and you know, this this is the one Mike really cares about, <laughs> because we don't have time for those men. No, we don't. Fuck men. <laughs> See, this is what happens. Micah. You guys get me in my head, and then I'm like, I don't want to say her name. Micah Monroe. Although, when I looked her up, I didn't realize that wasn't her actual name. Her last name's like Buckley or something. Oh, this is a stage That's like her stage name but yes Micah Monroe she's obviously one of you know okay that's another reason I picked this movie obviously everyone knows how much we love it follows like I mean first episode like yeah we're obsessed we're obsessed you know she murdered it and it follows uh she was in Independence Day 2 which I haven't seen uh and then I thought it was interesting because I have seen this but I like she played a very minor character. She was in the bling ring, apparently. Oh, I didn't even know. I didn't, I know, didn't that. Even know that. She just, apparently she just plays like a random character. That's I think she, horror is such like a good home for her. She's definitely. I like. I did enjoy like when you look up her Wikipedia profile. Like it says she's like. It says somewhere in there like she's basically like top of the new class of sh- scream queens. Definitely. And I I think that title is. Is, you know, 
Well deserved. Act. There's also the guy from John Dies at the End. Yes, yes. He's the boyfriend. Yeah, I don't remember his name. Though. I didn't look it up. I'm sorry, people. I don't remember his name, but I think his name is Dave in the movie. Um, I don't think that it is. I think it's something else. Although I could be wrong. No, well, yeah, David is the main guy. No, I'm saying in John Dies at the End. Oh, oh okay. In, oh, okay. Mixing up our movies here. I don't remember his... His name was like Craig. No, it was, no, Craig was a friend. I can't remember this guy's name in this Zeke. movie. But yeah, and Zeke. Yeah, Zeke. Yeah, Zeke. Yeah, and John Dies at the End, his name was Dave, though. Zeke, yeah. And I guess, too, um, it'd be worth mentioning, like, uh, Brendan Mayers plays the brother in this. He's uh, he's one of the stars in the OA Netflix television show, and he's also in Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage. We haven't seen that yet, but uh, he is in that as well. Um, and also just honorable mention because you know me, I love my random actresses. Um, the mom is played by Sheila Kelly who was my favorite character in the classic 90s grunge movie singles. <laughs> oh, I did not. Yeah, I did not recognize her. Yeah, I, um, when I saw her name, I was like, oh my god, that's the, that's the only character that I cared about. No, that's not true. Singles is such a lovely movie full of wonderful characters. But for some weird reason, I guess because I'm the way that I am, I latched onto her fucking, like, nut job character and she became my favorite but yeah so that was a nice kind of random connection i just quickly looked her up apparently yeah she doesn't really do a lot of movies no. apparently she was in eight episodes of gossip girl oh yeah i forgot about this and apparently she's on many episodes of a show called the good doctor which i've seen like oh the that's trailers. the willy wonka guy yeah i think of him as the norman bates guy that's fine whatever picking picking nits with that so the first pressing question i had uh before we get into the normal questions is we watch this I turned, I looked at Exilia, and I said, is this a horror movie? So, the first time I watched it, I definitely thought it was, like, more horror. And this time, I definitely thought it was more, like, action. So, I looked it up, and it's an action horror. <laughs> it's definitely action. <laughs> well, that solves that dilemma, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's action horror. And I think we're talking about different movie personalities. I think it's kind of been established that my personality on this podcast is to, like, literally just make my own rules so yeah <laughs> so get ready for the uh the next episode we'll be reviewing the horror movie batman and robin <laughs> oh my god i would kill to review that movie if nothing else just to talk about all the queens in it and like the weird nipples on the outside of it that'll be us sidecast 25 <laughs> the batman and robin podcast it's basically considered a thriller action horror movie so i definitely yeah i i felt this if this is a horror movie this is like the furthest removed from a horror movie possible <laughs> but i'll give it a pass it uh, is kind of like a slasher. I'll give it a pass because uh, there's some good kills. And... What is a horror movie? Oh, we're getting real, real technical. We can't here. all fit them all into this really simple box. You know what? I think it it gets it gets a pass on this podcast. And it's, on Halloween night. it's Adam Wingard. We love Adam Wingard. He gets a pass. It's on Halloween night too. It does have aspects of like slasher towards the like. Yes, I mean, there are lots of stabbings. Yeah, <laughs> This exactly. is true. How about you, Mike? What's your feelings on uh, this movie being a horror movie? Um, there are shades of it. And it's got pedigree. 
But I think other than the shades and pedigree, it's, you know, <laughs> more of a, an action thriller. And I'm fine with that. I love action thrillers. Like I mean, the only shades I'm seeing is the shade that you're throwing <laughs> subliminally to Exilia here. Um, I, I can't help it. But it's it's a cold place underneath me. It's a, it's a cold, dark place. But it's not shade. Um, I, I think that it has elements. But again, like... What the fuck is genre, right? Like it's exactly. Is it something that we put on it? Is it marketing? Is it an aesthetic? Is it a mood? Is it certain screenplay beats? Like what is it really? Like it's and then, and to me this is like when I remember when I first saw this like this screams like this is like the definition of like a genre film like I think. This is what I think of. Like, it, it knows its audience, and, and it's us, I feel. It has the right aesthetics. So, let's get into our favorite scenes, our favorite moments. We know how this game goes. Mike, how about you? This was your first time viewing. It was, yes. Um, It's not as much a favorite scene as a favorite collection of scenes, and it's kind of like the a chunk in, like, the first third. Essentially, when he starts ingratiating himself with... Uh, Micah Monroe's character and the family oh. in general. Um, but her in particular, I'm having a moment of brain fart where I forget her character's name. But, um, you know, like when they go to the party together and yeah. um, she's like driving with them and making a mixtape because there was something about the aesthetic of it and it was all at night. And that was her really... name. Her name is Anna. Anna, yes. Um, I didn't even know that. And we, Anna Peterson, see, I remember that. It's also when the first kind of moment in the movie when songs become more prominent and like kind of woven into the fabric of the story. Yeah. You know, like that. And it's sort of the fact that they pay very close attention to music and they talk about it and that it's very, very prominently used um, to like create tone and mood is kind of what I loved about that whole section. Cause there's a lot of the rest of the movie that I didn't really care for. Sorry. But <laughs> that, that, that whole, th- there was such That's a, why we're reviewing yeah, it. There, there was, it, it was a really nice mesh of like music and mood and I don't know that was the height of the screenplay for me obviously I really enjoyed the the ending of it like I love that at the school the school dance and the scenes and like the the fog machine the spoke machine how it was lit you you win me over with like neon colors I'm pretty easy that way but I I just love Wingard and and I think it's a reason that I feel that we all, you know, kind of love this, like, mumblecore genre is I love just the aesthetic of them that, like, they're not overly complicated sets. They're they're grounded real-life sets. Like, the house looks like someone's house you would go into. To me, this film could have costed 20 million this film could have costed $500,000 like to me the budget is never like that apparent in them and I, I they just have like this down to earth quality to them that I love and I I loved uh, I love some of the action scenes I I thought they were like pretty pretty cool it, it kind of broke up broke up the film where you you know you're really getting to like where I thought it's really horror is is kind of where Mike talked about in the the kind of the first half of the film where he's like 
ingraining himself into this family without them knowing it. And, like, you know, that's scary when you think, like, this guy's, like, totally has a spell over the mother and is just inserting him into their lives. You kind of break that for a second, and then we get, like, I'm watching Rambo or something. But then it immediately falls back into this psychological... I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, it's like a cat and mouse game with the genre of an action movie. Because they don't necessarily want to go full into action, but they want to play around with it. Uh, what about you, Exilia? Um, I think I have two favorite scenes. One is when she's in a room burning C- the CD for him. Mostly because, like, burning CDs was such, like, a fond um, time in my <laughs> teenage years. I love that. I don't know. It's just so... I'm like such a sucker for nostalgia, but... And then my other favorite scene, which is actually like probably the thing that I remembered the most from the first time I watched it was that final scene when they're like in the funhouse maze type thing and they have that like Oh Antonio song going on and it's like neon lights. I know I'm a sucker for neon lights too. So, um... I was actually yeah. gonna say one of my favorite things of that movie was the, the remix of Annie's Antonio single, yeah. which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. We love our music. <laughs> we love yeah, our it's throbbing true. synth pop. And... The music's good in this. I was gonna say, we might as well talk about it now. Like, soundtrack, soundtrack, soundtrack. Like, the, to me, this... Best part of the movie. This is how far. you put a movie soundtrack together. Like... It is. What a genius meshing of, like, like kind of really synth-driven, like, up-tempo electronic tracks. And then, like, all this, like, cool, moody, like, goth music, too. Like, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, I know Exilia loves the Antonio... Antonio. An- no, is An- it not An- Is it Antonio it's or Antonio? An- it's Antonio, but there's an H in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, here we go. Three times so far. I love that song, Anthony. <laughs> Hopefully I never name oh my kid Antonio. Oh my god, Antonio. Hopefully I never name a kid Antonio. Antonio. Oh, Antonio. <laughs> oh my god. I hate everybody. <laughs> no, but anyway. I know Exilia really likes that song. Mike said that. To me, uh, the Love and Rocket song mm-hmm. is like my all-time favorite song on the what soundtrack. That one? Sing that. The, oh, sing that. Yeah, let me just... <laughs> Break out in the song. It's the haunted when the minutes drag is what the song is called. I I, have to I love that. that. It's like the super gothy song in it. I have to look it up. And also, oh, go ahead. There is two survive songs on oh, here. Oh, we love survive. Yeah, and I mean, if anyone who's like, who the hell survive? If you like Stranger Things, you like survive because they it's do the, the same entire people, yeah. soundtrack. <laughs> I also shazammed a song called Sahara by F-O-O-L or Fool. Yes. And that's actually listed. I saw that that song's not on the official soundtrack, but it is a song on there. It's a song in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The official soundtrack cuts out several songs, actually. Yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at the list and there's two, four, seven songs. Yeah. Like there's some perturbator music in there that wasn't on the official soundtrack that I noticed. Why do they do that? I think it's like a rights thing because they probably, if it has an actual, like this had an actual soundtrack. So like, it's just, they have 
have to have the rights to sell it. Yeah, and even then, and when you think about it, I mean, even though, well, this movie's, what, like, six years old now? Even then, and even now, I guess, like, a lot of times when you're selecting what is going to get officially released, the big thing is, uh, like, legal rights and stuff, but also, they were probably trying to fit it on a CD or, fi- or a vinyl. Right. right? Yeah. You can't yeah, fit all the tracks true. on, like, say, a vinyl, like, if you're doing a vinyl of it, so they've got to pick, like, whatever it is, like, 75 minutes or 80 minutes or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I, soundtrack period. Like, what a amazing soundtrack. Uh, I know I would buy this on vinyl. I, I think it is on vinyl. I think I've seen it, like, on the internet, but if I saw it in person, I would definitely, like... I'd pay $50 for this. Like, I love, love the soundtrack. I did want to say for kind of favorite scene also is I love, and I love the editing of it uh, when she has stolen the phone from him and then hears him coming and she throws it in the room and they're, they're doing the thing where he's standing in his room and she's standing in her room and then like we're showing both of them like the reactions of you know listening for each other i just i love the way that shot god bless you adam wingard i i just i love the way you i love the way you do it and i thought the kills were pretty good in this too you guys know i'm gonna talk about the kills like i thought they were pretty good like especially the in the funhouse part like I felt that is when we got the horror vibe to this. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the end of the movie is more horror. Yeah, very, like, slasher. Is he really dead? <laughs> yeah. Slasher. Yeah. Is, yeah. Real, really, really enjoyed it. And I thought, like, and they did a pretty good job, because you, you'd almost think with this that they would almost drag that end scene out a bit. I know when I first saw it, I was I liked how, like, tight it was. Like, we didn't really, like... I definitely wouldn't have wanted it dragged out. Yeah, like, I just, like, like... Because at first, when I had first seen it, I thought the military guy, I'm like, this guy's gonna be around forever, and he's either gonna, like, he'll probably live, but I like, like, we pretty much just get rid of him once we're there, and I'm like, cool. And yeah, I like, I, I just thought it was, like, really effective just with, with the kills, and like I said, I didn't even mind the action. I, I thought the action was pretty well, well done. Uh, and it wasn't long. Like it was an hour and a half. Yeah, the movie is pretty tight, pretty short. Uh, I did read that uh, they cut over twenty minutes of the movie because it didn't test very well. Uh, because apparently in the original cut they like fully explain David and like why he is the way he is. Okay, well and... I kind of wish that they had done that though because I feel like you know like the bare minimum about his background. Yeah, one of my problems was that they kind of set up as if there was going to be a payoff and then yeah. I didn't think there was obviously. there. I mean narratively there wasn't so. See and I feel like I'm going in the opposite direction. I almost didn't like how much they gave us I would I would have like been fine. I would have been fine with her calling, and then you know they do the thing like he's not who he says he. But who is he, and how does he know her brother? Well, but this yeah, but they said they say. And why the, does he pick that family? They said in the film the brother was also part of that. Yeah, experiment. but why does he pick that family? But see, I almost would have preferred not to know. I would have. I would have liked to known, like, okay, he has something to do with the military, he has these dog tags, but to me, I was like, I would have been perfectly fine with not having to see anything of, like, the military, the, and I don't want to say military, because they look like they were, like, a private contractor, 
for the government. But, like, I didn't need to see any other office building and them freaking out. To me, you could have left it at That actually did break the tension of the movie, I found. Yeah, it's just, like, the the whole thing, like, it took kind of took me out of it. And to me... Like we always talk about, it would almost be, I found, more effective if I didn't know that much about him. Even the little we got. Because then he's just kind of like this, I don't know why he's killing these people. I don't know why he picked these family. And then at the end of the movie, I still don't know why. I mean, I still don't know why I picked that family. Even the the connections they made with the brother, like, I didn't really care. I thought it was just creepy on the merits of this random guy showed up at the house and was like, oh yeah, I know, I know this guy. Like, that would have been fine for me and me be like, obviously this guy is fucking crazy. I do want to talk about, you know, uh, we said that uh, Dan Stevens was in it. I thought he killed this film. Like, he was so good in this. I think he should do more Adam Wingard films. Like, I thought David was, like, very compelling. He did he did a cool job of kind of creating this, like, psychopathic killer. But it wasn't necessarily anything I, I've seen before. Like, he didn't do it in a typical way. But there, he did a good job of seeming normal. But he would have these, like, little quirks and these little looks where, like you know something's off. And also, I really enjoyed when he just beat up all those kids in a bar. I really like when he goes into the principal's office and was like, this is gonna happen. It's like, A, why the hell are you there? B, like, yeah, that just shows how much he, like, infiltrated their family in a day. And the mom is just like, I'm just gonna sit here and roll with this. (laughs) And I mean, let's be realistic here. That mom definitely won the bank. Oh, absolutely. I feel like she hadn't had a hard dick in years. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that's the hot take of the podcast, but I think that's the hard take. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I had to do it. I had to do it. Oh, yeah. hundred. And I didn't get that on my first watch, but this watch, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, it's there. Like, there's definitely some, like, sexual tension going on here. And especially, like, on the second watch, like, you, I kind of got more of a feel, like, because the dad kind of, like, he's just kind of, like, checked out. Oh, yeah. Like, he comes Mentally. home, he's drinking, he's, like, watching TV, and that's it. Yeah. I do want to give a huge shout-out. Uh, I didn't write down his name or anything, but the guy that played the dad, fantastic job at being a, being a number one dad. Like, he was the most daddiest dad. A daddiest oh. dad. The daddiest dad I've seen. <laughs> The glasses. You know who he kind of reminded me of? I'd like to go back a couple episodes to vacancy. I was just going to say, he's like the guy who has the motel. The guy that works in the motel. He totally reminded me of that guy. I think it was the glasses. He was kind of Vacancy and the guest. The crossover we didn't know we wanted. Yeah. So, let's get into, is it scary? No. It's not. Exilia volunteered to go first, and that is a big no. It's solid, it's definitive, period. (laughs) Period. Period. How about you, Mike? What do you think? No. No. I can kind of see how, like, like I said, that there were the shades of horror in the, like, infiltration, but it's more of, like, they were trying to get their scares out of, like, the bits that were more, like, psychological thrillers, which is, like, the more domestic scenes yeah. and stuff like that. But, no, and, I mean, the bursts of violence were, while very well done, um, they were a bit too, like, choreographed. So, yeah. to me, again, that's what made it more of, like, a high-octane action thing. It was, like, something out of a Bourne movie instead of, uh, you know, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It, it just... 
Exilly broke the rules and picked a non-horror movie, essentially. It's a thriller action horror. We're only giving you a hard time. I looked online. Yeah, I, I agree with both you guys. It, it wasn't scary. Um, not to say that I didn't I didn't enjoy watching it. Like, the soundtrack alone makes it worth Save it. Save it for the real review. Oh, jeez. You mean the rating? The rating. Exilly keeps raving about us <laughs> reviewing this film that we've already reviewed. Uh, but before we get into the rating, there is something I want to bring up. That, fuck that brother. That brother is, he is a piece of shit. He is the worst. He loved it because I got you attention. Oh, yeah. He totally had a crush on him. Yeah. So, obviously, there's lots of people in this family that have sexual tension going on. Literally every one of them. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's pretty attractive. Maybe the dad's throwing some vibes out there, too. Yeah, he always wants to have a drink. You did describe him as daddy. <laughs> yeah. Daddy. The daddiest dad. All right. I, I know everyone's probably like, wow, you guys talked about this movie for 20 minutes. <laughs> But we don't want to make you listen to us for like eight hours. Like we said, Exilia just picked a movie that wasn't really a horror movie. Except listed on a website that she hasn't actually shown us. There's several websites that confirm that it's a thriller action horror. (laughs) Good to make us watch it either way. Uh, So let's get into the rating. I think outside the box. Thinking outside (laughs) the box. Uh, Rating. Let's go to you, Exilia. This was your pick. Okay, I'm going to rate it an okay. Oh. I don't know what the hell I was thinking when I first saw it. I really liked it the first time I saw it. And then this time, I definitely didn't like it on that level. I think if the um, the music wasn't in it, it wasn't like that music and Micah Monroe wasn't in it. I don't think I would like this movie at all. Interesting. Interesting. I thought, I, I'm very shocked. I thought this was going to be pretty, a lot higher for you. And like I said, I thought that because when we first watched, I remember you being I like, like, I love really- I really liked it a lot. Like, I I really, really did. It was probably the marijuana. (laughs) I don't do that. (laughs) How about you, Mike? This was your first viewing. As I said, I had been wanting to see it for years. Um, It just slipped off my radar. I will say, like, I'm not going to say nay, but it would be like... A yay minus. What about an okay? An okay. It's an okay. Honestly, um, because you actually took the words out of my mouth. If it didn't have that throbbing, atmospheric, gorgeously curated soundtrack and Michael Monroe, I, like there would have been nothing keeping me interested in it at all. Um, I would have. Yeah. It's again, I went to see it because essentially of the director and the pedigree, but I didn't really find it that interesting. And it wasn't because it wasn't, you know, like strictly a horror movie or anything like that. Like I love a good solid like action thriller. Technically, there was lots well done about it. The, the kills and the action scenes were really well cut and quick and brutal, but there was just nothing for me to hook onto. Um, most of the characters I just sort of like only vaguely cared about. It wasn't as atmospheric as I wanted it to be. And frankly, when I keep thinking about, you know, your next, that to me is like, I can watch it over and over because all of the characters in it, the dialogue and everything is so snappy. The characters are even the ones that like are really fucking annoying and sadistic. You weirdly like root for like even the villains. But in this, I found he wasn't written like he had his charisma and charm a little bit, but it was just the writing was not as sharp and snappy as I thought it was going to be. 
So I was honestly very disappointed and I really don't think I'm going to watch it again. I have the soundtrack now. I'll just stream it on Spotify and that's as far as I'll go. So two okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not, it's, there's nothing about it that makes me want to watch it again other than the soundtrack. And I can just put that on my speaker and listen to it while I'm doing other things. I thought, I feel like the only way I'll probably rewatch it is if it's in like, I'm doing something that's on in the background. Yes, but you're not going to sit down and dedicate, you know, an hour and 40 minutes or whatever of your time to just that. No. Exactly. Period. <laughs> Period. Now, oh, now it's down to me. I will give it a yay. I think after you guys talked, I, I obviously, even on the second viewing, I think liked it a little more than you guys did uh i don't disagree with anything you say i think it's not a long film it's kind of a very bare bones film which to me is the only thing that really saved it <laughs> yeah uh yeah if it was any longer i don't think it would have been effective there is definitely things that you know i think they could have done a lot more they could have really took this in a more horror place and I think it would have been really cool. The soundtrack is great. I mean, I I would watch this again. I do enjoy it. I think that's just my own personal taste on it. Uh, but by no means is it like a slay movie. I think it's a yay. I would suggest for people to watch it at least once. And if anything, like Mike said, like simply so you watch it and you're like, oh, now I'm going to download the soundtrack on Spotify or Apple or whatever. Yeah, it's even worth the watch for that. So two OKs and a yay. I think that's pretty reasonable for this. Yeah. Maybe even most would think like high, maybe a little too high for it. But that's for others to decide. Uh, Let's get into the budget game. I still need a theme song for the budget game. What do you think this movie cost to make? $8 million. I think about 12 Well, Again, where did the budget go? I feel like he skilled, even though I, you know, didn't really love it. But, like, he is a skilled director. And I feel like he had a lowish budget and made it look better than somebody else would have been able to with the money he had. So, Exilia is going to take it. Of course she will. Surprise, surprise. Uh, it cost $5 million to oh, make. Oh my god. So it's definitely a lower That's budget. Lower. I mean, I would also expect, uh, because 2014, Downton Abbey was, was like it was pretty big. big by then. So I would suspect he is like a headliner, I believe, on that show. So I would think he probably cost a little bit of money. Is it really the same demographic of viewer, though? Well, and now that you say that, maybe he, you know, maybe he didn't cost a lot because maybe this was, you know, one of his first foyers into, like, A film. first foyer into <laughs> Foray? That's what I just said. You, you said, said foyer. Foyer! Oh, like in a house. Your first. <laughs> There's definitely Doorway. gonna be a side pod. There's definitely gonna be a side cast on just me. It's just gonna be clips of you saying. Clips of me saying things wrong. I hate all of you. Uh, what do you think it made? Mike, you go. Um, 40 million dollars? 40 mil. I was literally going to say four million. Oh my God. <laughs> so your answer is four? Yeah. 
So Exilia will take it. It made $2.4 million. Oh my god. He, he did not make the budget back on this. That's um, I would highly suspect this was probably a limited release as oh, well. More than likely, yeah. I see this. I see this movie come up on lists. I do see people talk about this. I feel like this movie is, is going to and has more of a life on kind of the Blu-ray streaming market. I'm sure it's kind of made its money back in streams. Like, I always hear other podcasts or see lists that say, like, oh, like, check out this film. And as what Adam Wingard does bigger and bigger films, like, people are going to try to visit his older stuff. Uh, but yeah, it did not make did not make the money back. We hate to see it. I have, sorry to, like, cut into this weird spot, but I have one question. My question for the year episode <laughs> I'm like an hour and a half late on this one, but um, if there was one movie that you guys could review on this podcast, but it's not a horror, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. I actually like that, you know, we have a couple of these at, the, at towards the end as well. We're still celebrating our, we're straight edge. We're not drinking or anything. We're, we're kind of like Miss Monroe. Because fun fact, she's straight edge. Interesting. She has one of those straight edge tattoos. Interesting. Ugh, <laughs> divorce. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, I'm kidding. one one film to review. That's not a horror. That's not a horror. Easy clue. Clue. I want to hear. I want three of us to get drunk and talk about Clue because it's one of the best movies that has ever existed, and I think Exilia will either love it or fucking hate it. So I think I might have seen it on TV when I was growing. It's up. It's one of those that did come on TV at night a lot. I think that's how I first saw it. If it is the one, I love that movie. Okay. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Wait, do they all got get invited to a mansion? Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I all mean, sorts of like comedy game, legends, and it takes place in like the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I love that movie. This, yeah, this is a hard question. Oh, I'm going to do an Exilia cheat because I have two that are a tie. I would probably pick either Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, and Ethan Embry was in this movie, which we neglected. Oh my so. God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we neglected like five that, seconds. that uh, cameo. Hopefully you're still listening when you've been tuned in the whole time. Yes. That needs our full most attention briefly that Ethan Embry was in this. I didn't really recognize that I think the first time I watched it, but when we watched it this time, I'm like, holy shit, it's Ethan Embry. Yeah. And he is a gun dealer. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. Back to the uh, question. Probably it'd be a tie between Can't Hardly Wait and in the theme of amazing soundtracks in neon colors drive it would be a hundred drive would probably a hundred percent be it that's my life of my love of film in one movie mainly just ryan gosling (laughs) okay that's funny because i have two as well and one features ryan gosling (laughs) okay so the first for me would be enter the void and everybody would have to be prepared to be incredibly depressed and we'd all have to do DMT. <laughs> yeah, you'd all have to do DMT beforehand to like really enjoy the psychedelic colors. Disclaimer, I've never done DMT, so don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and then the other one would be the a place beyond the beyond the pines. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. That's a great movie. You do love Ryan Gosling. I I literally like never watch a movie over and over and over again. I think I watched that like three times in one day once. Definitely a new sidecast will be a Ryan Gosling sidecast. Ryan Gosling appreciation. I think it will be just titled Ryan Gosling Sexual Tension. Just because we love Ryan Gosling that much. 
Okay. There's no tension. It's just a just fact. <laughs> yeah. It's just a fact. And you know what? Before we kind of sign off, I do have another one year anniversary question. And I want to know, out of all the films we reviewed, what one would you most like to like go back and redo maybe you weren't happy with the conversations we had about it or maybe you rated it higher or lower than thinking about it that you know you would have changed your rating on and you regret now i think our format has changed so much since the beginning of the, the start yeah well and that's that I could be an know- answer too is is there something when, you know, we started that you would use a movie you'd like to revisit with kind of our finalized format? I think that there's like two movies I'd probably think that I would have I would have liked to revisit or like to have done differently would be Evil Dead um, and My Bloody Valentine. Because I think like My Bloody Valentine, I haven't seen it since, but it's like really grown on me a lot. (laughs) And I think that I didn't fully like appreciate it when I watched it. Well, that's I don't remember. That's gross. Yeah. Like I don't remember what I rated it. It was probably like not great. I don't, I really don't remember. But um, like I really, I like actually really like them. <laughs> I, I also hope when people listen to our podcast that they don't ever take life advice from us because you know our idea of personal growth is like yeah you're really starting to like my bloody valentine <laughs> now like baby you really got steps your, my friend you really have steps. your life together we're gurus how about you mike um i don't know i feel like i was a bit checked out for hocus pocus so i feel like i maybe gave it short shrift but that's probably the only one that i wasn't super satisfied with for a number of reasons but i feel like again like x said you know we've shifted a bit and um i just i like all of the discussions that we've had about these movies thanks for praising us um (laughs) we're we're icons what can i say (laughs) mine definitely i have a i do because it's growing more and more on me mine would definitely probably be mandy that was a, a uh, hot take. Remember when he didn't give it a fucking slut? I know. And I was You were very like, disappointed. It was immediate divorce. I was divorce. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to take Exilia's advice and, you know, be a little pickier and not give everything. Mandy was fucking one of the best movies. And, uh, like, I continuously find myself days sometimes, like, thinking about that movie. He'll go to the grave. That's, like, his deepest regret is rating it a yay. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's probably more my deepest regret. And I feel like, I feel like that's it. Obviously, some I'd love to revisit with the our kind of newer, more formalized format. Uh, but I, I've enjoyed all our conversations that we've had uh, throughout our year doing this. So I think it is time to announce our next film. And it is Mike's turn to pick. It is. We all love a good Mike pick. I know what. Don't argue with me, motherfuckers. <laughs> anybody um so my pick is a slightly offbeat kind of obscure film it's from 1981 um and it's called butcher baker nightmare maker but it's also (laughs) sometimes released as night warning okay Um, and i am not familiar with this but that name has sold it's one of those ones that gets tossed around a lot in discussions of like cult movies and like 
stuff that you wish would get like a really good cleanup and re-release with like extra features on it and stuff. And that's kind of how I became aware of it. It was not something that I've, I still haven't seen it. So I will admit that up front. Um, so I'm really, I really am looking forward to watching this movie and um, it's supposed to be a bit bonkers. So um, I do love a bonkers obscure. Um, I was like, when is a mic pick not bonkers? When is a mic pick not bonkers? Exactly. It's the question of my life, but that's it. And uh, I think that we'll enjoy talking about it. By the sounds of it. All right. Well, uh, before we let you go, I figure we should, you know, we've kind of got out of plugging anything, but uh, it's a new year. If you haven't already, go to patreon.com slash podcast. We have a bunch of different tiers up. Uh, if you hit the $5 tier, uh, like Ashton has and Colton, you get to pick a film that we review. And uh, yeah, so if you want to make us make us watch something that you like or don't like and you just want to ruin our nights by making us watch something terrible if you uh subscribe at the five dollar entry you can uh you can make that happen also we have a uh playlist an ever-evolving playlist on spotify that i haven't added anything to in a very long time but right now as we speak i will be adding some um, songs from the guests, such as hit single O <laughs> O Antonio. If you enjoy O Antonio, <laughs> pop over to It's Lee's podcast horrific playlist. Yes, and uh, yeah, subscribe to that. I did want to thank everyone that uh, has been rating us on iTunes. I saw we got one or two, I think, since the last time I brought it up. We're still sitting at a five out of five star. So, uh, you know, feel free. We love you forever. When you rate us on Apple Podcasts, we're easier to find when people are looking for horror podcasts. And feel free to write a text review because we'll read it and tell people about it. I think that's everything for this evening. We will definitely be back with uh, Mike's insane pick because I already know it's going to be insane. Thank you for being with us, listening to us. Our plays are growing. More and more people are discovering the podcast. And we appreciate everyone that's stuck around for a year. Uh, And hopefully we have many more years Many more guests, uh, many more fun interactions with you guys on our social media and everything else. Thank you deeply from my heart. Uh, and that is everything. I am your humble host, Rowan. Ditto. It's Exilia. Thanks. It's Mike. See you next time. Thank you.